This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Revelation chapter 3, we're looking at 14 through 22, the church in Laodicea. Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 through 22. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, so you can become rich, and white clothes to wear, so you can cover your shameful nakedness, and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. But be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens a door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray by your Spirit you would open up our hearts and minds to hear it and to follow it, to obey it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is part of the Dear Church series, seven letters written to seven churches in Asia Minor, where the Lord addressed each of these churches with a personal letter that was customized to the very spiritual condition of that church. And the church of Laodicea is no exception to that. I've entitled this message, Jesus Deserves a Prominent Place in Your Heart, because Jesus Christ is Lord, and we need to acknowledge that, we need to live by that, we need to be able to have him be Lord of all. Jesus deserves a prominent place, and there are four don'ts that are part of this message that are fleshed out for us in this passage. The first is don't forget who Jesus is. The second is don't ignore what Jesus says. The third is don't be deceived as being self-sufficient And the fourth is, 
don't miss out on what Jesus has for you. Let's look at what the Bible has to say. First of all, don't forget who Jesus is. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. Jesus Christ is dictating this letter to John, the Apostle John, who survived being boiled in oil and who was exiled to the island of Patmos. And John, the beloved disciple, is faithfully passing on the letter, the message that Jesus has for each church. And when he comes to the church that's the furthest away, it happens to be the most wealthy of the seven churches, known for producing wool, known for its school of medicine and its eye salve, known for these three things. The Lord's going to speak to this church specifically about their spiritual condition. But the first thing he wants them to know is who he is. Who is Jesus? He is the Amen. We say Amen all the time, or Amen, and it means truly, truthfully, verily. It means that Jesus is the Amen. He is the truth. Now he goes on to say, I am the faithful and true witness. In contrast to the Laodicean Christians who were unfaithful, who were not true, they were living in denial and deceit, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by Him. And Jesus is the ruler of God's creation. He is the one for whom it's made. He is the one who... Uh, you know, John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and everything was created by the Word. Jesus is the Logos. He is the Word of God. Let's not forget who Jesus is. And when you think about who Jesus is, that He is true, He is faithful, He is a witness, faithfully accomplishing what God sent him out to do, to go and die on the cross, to be a sacrifice for our sins, that he is the creator who made everything, and everything that was made was made through him and is being held together by him, Colossians 1 tells us, then you can't help but worship him. You can't help but listen to him. You can't help but allow him to be Lord. And that is what uh, some have defined as revival in the church. Revival is acknowledging the lordship of Christ and beginning a new obedience unto him. We need revival because the church today can be guilty of many of the things that Jesus says about the church in Laodicea. And that brings us to our second point, we're not to forget who Jesus is, and we're not to ignore what Jesus says. Revelation 3, 15 to 16. Jesus says, I know your deeds. As he's looking at this church in Laodicea, he says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. 
So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. The great physician is making a diagnosis here, and that diagnosis is accurate. It's true. It is very descript of the spiritual condition of the Laodiceans. They are suffering from the disease of tepidity. I didn't say stupidity. I said tepidity. Tepid means lukewarm. And they have this apathy, this complacency, this um, sense of not being hot for the Lord in service, nor uh, being cold completely in the world, but having one foot in the world and one foot uh, in the church. They are lukewarm. And you know, a lukewarm water makes a, for a disgusting drink. And the church has become disgusting to the Lord. It tastes flat. It tastes stale. And what the Lord is pointing out is that lukewarmness is a sin. I believe someone said that lukewarmness is the worst kind of blasphemy. Why? Because a person claims to be a Christian, a church claims to be following after God, but they are a caricature of his character. That is, their false portrait of who Christ really is. Have you met a hypocritical Christian and say, if that's a Christian, I don't want anything about it. But then you see these authentic, genuine Christians and you're saying, that's the Spirit of Christ. That's why lukewarmness is such a serious sin because it's a caricature of Christ. It's not an accurate portrait of Christ. The word for lukewarm Shilayaras is only here in the New Testament, and uh, it means tepid water. You see, Laodicea may have been wealthy, may have been known for its wool, and may be known for its eye salve, but it had a water supply problem. And so years earlier, an aqueduct was built, and this was to draw water from hot springs and bring them over to Laodicea. The problem is, by the time the water came from the hot springs all the way to Laodicea, it was still warm. It was lukewarm. So even as Jesus is diagnosing the Christians at Laodicea, he's talking about something they know about. Yeah, we know what it's like to um, want some water and taste it and say, hmm, (laughs) It needs to be put somewhere where we can cool it down because it's lukewarm. The Lord is saying, I will spew you out of my mouth. Lukewarm churches make the Lord want to vomit. That's how serious this sin is. We need to listen to what the Lord says. We ignore him to our own peril. Third, we need to be careful that we're not deceived as being self-sufficient. Don't be deceived 
as being self-sufficient. And here we have in Revelation 3, uh, we see the Lord says this, you say, this is chapter 3, verse 17, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. how my translation didn't come across. My PowerPoint changes did not come through. Don't be deceived as being self-sufficient. Verse 17, you say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. So here the church is living in self-deception. They're living in denial. They're living with a gross sense of self-sufficiency. They're saying, I'm rich. So yes, the city of Laodicea was rich, and the Christians who lived in Laodicea were uh, well off, and they were putting more of their faith in their possessions and in their uh, wealth than they were in the Lord. How similar to our society, where we say on our dollar bill, and God we trust, but for in practice, many trust in the dollar than they do in God. And so here we have, don't you realize, don't you see that you, instead of being self-sufficient, you are in a condition that is wretched, it's pitiful, it's poor, it's blind, it's naked. They no longer are relying upon the Lord. They have no need for anything they claim, including the power of the Holy Spirit. Some believers are falsely assuming that by gathering possessions, by having a sense of security uh, in the world, that uh, they don't need the Lord. And wealth and luxury, luxury and ease can do that. It says, Jesus says, that the cares and riches of this world are what caused some not to bear fruit when he told the parable of the four soils. No matter how much you possess, no matter how secure you may feel, there's no replacement for a vital relationship with Jesus Christ. May I ask you a question? How does your current level of wealth affect your spiritual desire? Instead of centering upon wealth, we are to focus on our true riches in Christ. And that brings us to our last point, which is don't... Hmm. Okay, somehow it didn't save it from last week. It saved last week, but not this week. Don't miss out on what Jesus has for you. Verse 18. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Jesus takes the three things that Laodicea is known for, and he says, come to me, acquire from me the very things you take pride in in, in Laodicea that are from heaven, that are spiritual in nature. So yes, you have wealth. That wealth does not count before me. You need my gold, my spiritual wealth, 
that only I can provide. Acquire that from me. You have wool, you produce clothing. Have my white clothing that I can provide, which will truly cover your spiritual nakedness. You boast that you have this eye salve. Get the eye salve from me so that your spiritual eyes are open, so that you can see your um, wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, naked condition and realize how much you need me. So we don't want to miss out on what the Lord has for us. Therefore, we are to come to him. We're to pray and ask him for his gold refined in fire, his white clothes, and his salve. This is true wealth. He goes on to say in verse 19, for those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. The Lord cares about you. He loves you so much, he doesn't want to leave you in the condition that you're in. That's why he does care enough to care front you. That means to rebuke you, that is to discipline you. When he disciplines you, it's not to punish you, it is to instruct you. It is, is to teach you in the right way to go. And so his request for you, his command to you is be earnest and repent. Be honest, be alert to your condition, and have a sense of conscience that says, yes, I agree with you, I am lukewarm, and I want to be hot for you. Lord, I repent. I turn from relying on things to relying upon you, from having safety and security in my trappings to having safety and security in my faith in you. I don't want to avoid your discipline, but um, I want to accept it as your love draw me back to you. The Lord says in verse 20, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. This verse is often used in evangelistic um, appeals. The Lord is standing outside the door of your heart and if you'll listen and open the door to your heart, he'll come in and uh, you'll be saved. But the context of this verse is to the church. It's not to an unbeliever. And it's saying very clearly that the Lord is so rejected by his own church, he's locked out of his own church. He's on the outside of the church knocking that we as a church would open the door and let him back to be Lord to let him be prominent in our hearts and in his church. And that's what happened in Laodicea. That's what can happen in churches today. So Christ is Lord, and the church had become so complacent because of their wealth that they felt self-satisfied and they didn't have Christ's presence among them. Christ was knocking on the door. Many are so busy enjoying worldly pleasures that they don't even notice that Jesus 
is knocking, that he's trying to enter and be acknowledged as Lord, having a prominent place in our hearts. He's patient, he's persistent, and he's not breaking or entering, but he's knocking, and he wants us to respond. Finally, the Lord says, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Our Lord Jesus was faithful. He had an assignment. The assignment was to go to the cross and to pay for your sins and for mine, to purchase a people unto himself by the shedding of his precious blood. And we're so thankful that Jesus was faithful in his mission. And he is our example. He is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And as we fix our eyes upon him, we are to see that faithfulness in our lives by his grace and be victorious. And we too shall sit with him. The picture of sitting means that your work has been approved and it's acceptable, that you are done, you are complete, you are finished with what God has given. Jesus is promising he'll give us the right to sit with him on his throne. We will be co-regents with the Lord. Verse 22, Jesus closes with these words, whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. How interesting. Seven times Jesus said this. At the end of each of his letters to each of the seven churches, he says, if you have ears to hear spiritually, listen up. Don't let these words pass by you. Don't discount these words. Don't put them aside and say, I'll pay attention to them later. Hear them and respond to them now. Let us bow in prayer. And as you bow in prayer, would you be honest before the Lord? Should he come and say to you that you are lukewarm and that you are pretending to be self-sufficient, but that you need him, would you humbly come before him and say, Lord, give me the gold that's refined by fire. Give me the white clothes to cover my spiritual nakedness. Give to me the salve to open my eyes so that I may see. Lord, I cry out to you for your forgiveness, for your cleansing, for your sanctifying work, for your spiritual vision. Thank you for hearing my prayer. And Lord, I cry out to you, give me ears to hear what you're saying. I want to be faithful. I want to be victorious. And only by your grace and by your word is that possible. Lord, I come to you. I bring myself completely to you. And I want you to have a prominent place in my heart. I want you to have a prominent place in your church. You are Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord of New Bible Fellowship and of his church worldwide. Thank you. Jesus, for being Lord. Amen. God bless you. Let's close in prayer.
Father, thank you for your people. Thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus and our salvation in him. Jesus is Lord, and we want to follow you, Lord, obey you, and be faithful to you. And we say thank you for your amazing grace to save us, to sustain us, and to bring us into your glory with exceeding joy. We worship you and adore you. We thank you for this time and this fellowship, and we pray that you would be with us throughout the week. And thank you again, Lord, for this season. Amen. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.